Hour number three. It's the Plank Show. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. Just rolling along through game week with you right here on the home of Sooner fans. Brent Venables is, as we speak, just about to start meeting with the media for his weekly press conference. Unfortunately, can't air that for you live. We'll share as much as we see kind of the information trickling out from it with you as we, uh, you know, obviously go live through this hour on the Plank Show. And then as soon as he finishes up and the press conference is in the the books, then Steel Man and Thune at noon, I'm sure, will share a lot of that audio with you. Plank, assuming that we'll have a little bit of time, maybe one final segment in this hour, is planning to jump back on with me. So his reaction to the press conference, he and I can go back and forth on that, assuming that this press conference is about like most typical week of press conferences about that half hour window which would mean it's done about 11:45 or or so with Brent Venables so and then we'll share that audio with you as much as we can as soon as obviously it's totally finished up it's time though for the top stories of the day which are all OU related eel gamers play let's go man Ah, yes, Newcastle Casino. Appreciate them. Everything all Oklahoma-related. The 5-4-3-2-1. No need for Sounders today. Brent Venables, press conference. That's the top story, right? Is everything going on with Brent Venables at the press conference this morning? I, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see uh, in terms of any of the, the injury updates. I mean, probably we've kind of gotten most of that. And this is sort of, hey, how's how's the week of as the head football coach for Oklahoma, what's it like for you, Brent? I'm sure that we'll get get a lot of that this week. Jeff Levy, Ted Roof, they met with the media yesterday, and one of the questions that was posed to Jeff Levy was this. It was, hey, after the – well, after Eric Gray atop the depth chart at running back, how do you see the rest of that running back group coming together and then reps? What does that look like this week and beyond? And Jeff Lebby, well, had this to say. Just continuing to get better every single day and having great uh, confirmation from each side of the ball that, man, what we're doing is, is stressing people and, and making it hard. Practice tough and excited about where he's at. And then Todd, we you saw him in the spring game. Even just he's done a great job of of taking every opportunity he's had and make, making the most of it. And with Javante being here in the spring, there's been great growth there. So feel good about him as well. Just having had a few different jobs and kind of stepping into a year one type situation. What's it been like? Kind of now that you've had a full off season, preseason to go through. What's it been like seeing this? staff evolved, the program evolved in year one, especially considering it's Brent's first time as yeah. a head coach. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's been great for me being able to sit here and, and learn every single day, get better every single day. I think the, the best thing about our staff, man, is iron sharpens iron. Coach talks about that all the time. We've got an incredible staff on both sides of the football. And, and so being able to sit in there and mind melt and plan and talk ball, uh, just continuing to get better every single day and having great uh, confirmation from each side of the ball that man, what we're doing is, is stressing people and and making it hard. But it's been uh, man, it's it's been a joy. It really has. So, one of the big topics this week, Connor, for Jeff Lebby, for Ted Roof, and today I'm sure for Brent Venables is 
How's, how is this week? Now that you're the head football coach, how prepared is this team and how prepared, Brent, are you for this opportunity that uh, obviously is here come Saturday? And Ted Roof was asked something kind of similar along those lines, just uh, watching Brent Venables as a coach, and here's what Ted Roof had to say. He's been fantastic. Uh, a very, very, very strong, powerful leader uh, that – leads the whole team and is involved in every aspect of our program uh, and has set uh, a very clear vision for our staff and for our players and uh, you know a, a passion about improving every day and, and, and he cares about kids he cares about our players and all that being said that to continue to push and get the very to make them the very best version of themselves that they can be uh, it's it's been great to watch and uh, uh, he's been very impressive and uh we've all learned a lot from him the beautiful thing the beautiful thing about this week is when we talk buy-in for Oklahoma and I think that buy-in has been great right Connor we've seen Oklahoma we we see it the quantifiable results so far for Oklahoma talked about this a little bit yesterday it's the way last year's recruiting class ended and the fact that OU's number four in this recruiting class. But in terms of the buy-in, okay, hey, you've got the the culture in place that you want. Players, they're picking up what you're laying down. They're picking up what Brent Vittables is laying down. They're picking up what Ted Roof, Jeff Levy, everybody across the board is laying down. Ted Roof talking about buy-in. Well, I think there's a lot of factors that go into the level of buy-in. Uh, I think uh, you're at a place like Oklahoma that has a standard that's here uh, and our guys understand that and the responsibility uh, that comes with you know playing to that standard and uh, that has been established by the people that both coaches and players that have come before us uh, so that that's a big the, the character in your locker room right what type of what type of character do you have and our guys are our guys have been great uh, they've been very engaged uh, buy into the nth degree and I, I We've, we've been very pleased and uh, very appreciative of that fact so far. So I wanted to play that to say that the buy-in, the way you keep the buy-in, the way you foster the buy-in, it's results-driven. Everything that you have been preaching to this team, now the hard work, we find out versus UTEP. What type of progress has Oklahoma made? How far along defensively is this group? How much different does Oklahoma look now with Brent Venables as your head football coach? What defensively, what changes have legitimately taken place with Oklahoma? And in terms of, again, fostering that buy-in for the long haul here, Connor, it's about going out and beating the snot out of UTEP. It's about turning around, doing the same thing to Kent State the following week. It's about reclaiming that Big 12 crown this season. All of this uh, recruiting momentum, it's great. It's been everything snowballed downhill for Oklahoma. Seems like everything's headed in the right direction. But when when we hear those words, buy-in for Oklahoma, in order to keep said buy-in, well, now we get into the part where Ted Roof, what he talked about uh, yesterday too, right? That, hey, it's not about what the name on the back of the jersey says. I'm concerned with the front of the jersey and Oklahoma. I'm concerned about the standard. Well, now it's about protecting the standard, embracing the standard. 
reflecting the standard. And that's what we love to hear. Everybody bought in. But I want to see, obviously we all, we all want to see OU look like a more balanced team, look like a top 10 team, and just go take, a, go take care of business like you should, Josh. Shared this earlier, but just since we're kind of rifling through the top cuts from yesterday of Jeff Lebby and Ted Roof, here was Ted Roof trying to sell you on the idea that, yes, UTEP will, in fact, be some form or fashion of a challenge for the Sooners. Let's start with UTEP, okay? Um, you know, very, very uh, experienced play caller. The head coach is, you know, worked with Coach Venables at Kansas State, so there's some familiarity there. And I have a lot of respect for, for what they do and how they've done what they've done. Um, a quarterback, heavy, driven offense, they put a lot – uh, they give him a lot of autonomy, it looks like, and uh, he does a great job of recognizing things, and they do a lot of checking, you know, getting him to the right play and things of that nature. So a lot of – and he also throws a great great deep ball. Uh, he can make all the throws, you know, the, the field outs, the field corner routes. He makes all the throws uh, and has mobility to move the chains with his, with his legs and to extend plays. So, um, you know, have a lot of respect for him. And this is the experience. You can tell he's a really, really salty vet. Um, so, again, and then, you know, they're very, very multiple. Um, they, play it, they play it in basically five, uh, five personnel groupings they play the game in. So, you know, you have everything from, from A to Z to, to prepare for. Uh, so, in, in the understanding that and, and how you build a game plan to to make sure our guys are ready for the for the versatility that they have, um, you know they have. You look at last week's game um, and you see the final score, but then if you like watch the game, you look at the fourth and one that you know they had a mishap on that that could have been a touchdown. The the scramble that could have been a touchdown. The missed field goal. So all of a sudden, you know, you're looking at. 30 points with just like that. So I don't think that was indicative of, you know, of, of the score. Maybe it was indicative of how tight that game really was or could have been. Um, so uh, they've got big play receivers, and they, they, they thrive on the explosive plays. Big, big play receivers, uh, a downhill running back that ran for almost 1,000 yards last year. Um, you know, they've got a receiver that was a high school quarterback, Flores, that, you know, had nine catches this week, and is, they use him some in wildcat situations. So uh, there's a lot of flexibility and, uh, and versatility in their offense, not only with uh, personnel groupings, but the personnel within those groupings. So uh, that's, a, that's a big challenge for us. And, uh, you know, but we're excited. We're excited to go play a game, you know, to play somebody else. Uh, we're tired of playing our we're tired of playing our offense. Uh, we're ready to play somebody else, and it'll be uh, as coaches, you know, to, to see where we measure up, to see where we are, to see what we what we do well, you know, once the light comes on, and you know, the areas that we'll need to improve in the most, because there'll be there'll be both, there'll be some both. So it's just, you know, this is what you what you work for, you know, the, to be able to to get to this point in the season where it's time to play a game in uh, in our stadium in front of our fans that. That our guys can't wait, and as coaches, we can't wait to watch our guys play. You know, are you sold now? I mean, this UTEP team, look out! Yeah, but still, the thirty-one thirteen meltdown to North Texas. I mean, they do have some guys. Correct answer. They, correct answer. Final answer. Regis Philbin. No, no, I'm no. not worried about UTEP. Are you kidding me? They got smacked by North Texas. No. If no. OU doesn't, 
if, if Oklahoma doesn't absolutely blast this team at home, then look, we're off to a similar start than to what happened last year versus Tulane. It needs to look different. It needs to feel different from Oklahoma come Saturday. I want to see this defense flying around. It, My- do, it doesn't matter who you're playing. It's a different opponent like what Ted Roof just said. He's tired of going against their own guys. Finally get to play against someone else. I don't, I don't care that it's UTEP. It is exciting getting to finally hey, they see did. somebody UTEP, else. Hey, UTEP did have their one of their best seasons in program history last year. But still a 31-13 opening loss to North Texas. And week one is so much less about UTEP and so much more about what is Oklahoma going to look like, right? You'd love to get the chance to just see a ton of this depth chart that we got revealed yesterday. We can roll through more of that. I kind of feel like probably we've exhausted a good portion of the depth chart conversations, the the big takeaways there. I don't know that there were a bunch of surprises. Jalen Redmond just not being uh, the starter, the the bona fide starter at one of the defensive tackle spots, I thought was a little surprising. But as a texter earlier this morning pointed out, he's kind of been battling the injury bug a little bit throughout camp. So maybe even that's not altogether surprising for Oklahoma. I like this text on the text line about expectations and excitement for this team. Let's let's take a break and let's hit that next, and then we'll start sharing what we're hearing from the Brent Venables press conference, which is underway from the University of Oklahoma. Unfortunately, we can't take that one live for you, but as, as much of it as we can bring to you later, we will. It's the Plank Show right here. Our number three, Josh Elmer, Connor Pasby on the Home of Sooner Fans back after this. Hour number three, it's brought to us by Rooftech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 30 years. Josh Tucker and the crew over at Rooftech, give those folks a call for all of your roofing needs, 405-703-4245, where they guarantee the highest quality workmanship in the roofing industry. So the Brent Venables press conference is underway I haven't seen a, a ton coming out of it just yet, but uh, we'll share what we do see over the next couple of segments and uh, the remainder of the show with you. Got more more Jeff Levy I want to bring to you. A little Danny Stutzman we can share with you from yesterday as well. First, though, off the text line, Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Connor, you let me know how you feel about this. You get first crack, okay? Okay. You you got the bat, yank it off the the shoulders here, and let's I'll get take ready. A hack. Step I'll into take the a hack. step into the box. Get ready to swing away. I think everyone's expectation and excitement for this team's too high. Eleven and two Big Twelve champs is easily attainable for this team. However, I don't think the defense will be much improved, and I don't think the offense will be more physical. Give it a year, and I think you'll see a huge difference then. I wouldn't say the expectations are too high. I mean, we've seen what Brent Venables has done at Oklahoma. We see it translate to what he did at Clemson. I think our expectations are just high because we're just jacked up that Brent Venables is back in Norman. And we know what he can do. We know the impact he can make on this Oklahoma team. I don't see it taking a year, though. I think it happens right now. You're going to see a huge difference on the defense, just the way they play, the way they tackle. They're going to be fundamentally sound, tough, physical. 
And most importantly, I think they're going to get off, get off on third downs, which we have not seen the past, oh man, three seasons. We've seen OU have trouble getting off the field when they have teams in third and eight and third and long. I, I, see, the, I see the impact happening right away. I don't see it taking a year. Third and longs. If Oklahoma's better in that category. That's, that's the big one right there. That's like the Sooner fans Pepto-Bismol. If you can just be better at third and third and eight and above, be better in that category is going to really warm the hearts of a lot of Sooner fans where, man, it's just like every time it seems like, and I know it's not every time and that's being dramatic, but on so many different instances and occasions, Oklahoma backbreaking third down and longs that they just historically with this defense over the last decade or so find themselves surrendering a lot of those. So if that area is improved, then yeah, Oklahoma is going to take some leaps defensively. I, I do hear what the texter's saying. It, it's it's measured. It's hey, let's slow our roll just a smidge here. Eleven and two in Big Twelve champs would be, I mean, that'd be a really good season for Oklahoma. Oh, you didn't win the Big Twelve last year, so that alone to get back to where. Seven out of eight years, then you'd won the Big 12 Conference. Would be good for OU if, in fact, this is the final year in the Big 12 Conference. You'd like to leave the Big 12, head into the SEC, back atop that perch as the, the Big 12 champion. I mean, I think that's that's the the low bar for Oklahoma. That's that's successful season, the, the bottom end of what defines success for Oklahoma in 2022 but some of these other parts like expecting the defense to turn around and be a top 20 scoring defense or a top 20 total defense in yards allowed per game might be a little too ambitious right out of the gates in one year's time for Brent Venables and for this staff but they they had they had talent on the defense last year Josh with we've seen what Benito Osamoa Turner Yell have done in the NFL preseason. So you look back and you're like, man, we just it felt like we wasted a little bit of talent we had on that defense. They should have been a whole lot better. It's going to be such a poor reflection on – and I'm here for it. I know everybody else is too. It's going to be a terrible reflection on Lincoln Riley, on Alex Grinch, on Roy Manning, other staff members that were here if Brent Venables – if Ted Roof, if Jay Valai, Brandon Hall, Miguel Chavis, Todd Bates, if they get this defense to where it's the top defense in the Big 12 and it's a top 25 scoring defense, total defense nationally overnight, if that happens in year one and it's sort of the opposite maybe of what this texter's fear would be, because I think we'd, we'd all love to see Oklahoma take that just gigantic leap forward and defensively it's a different Oklahoma right I think we can like even in the measured approach we could see bits and pieces and signs that Oklahoma defensively is heading that direction but maybe to the texter's point it's just all of those results don't just happen overnight for Oklahoma that that, that would be honestly that's probably the realistic more realistic I should say 
thought process on how this season will play out. Now, if it does happen straight away, Connor, then again, it's an indictment on the previous staff, and it speaks to the fact that, okay, well, Oklahoma has had talent on this roster. We, we have felt like Oklahoma's had talent, right? Yeah, I'm just can't, I feel like just can't develop them and put them in the right position at times on the field. But from a texter from the 417, last year's team was not devoid of talent. It was devoid of development. That's why the expectations are so high. Yeah, uh, the recruiting classes for OU, not that it's been totally not that it's been totally defined by the defensive playmakers that Oklahoma's brought in, but OU's in its recruiting classes finished I don't think any worse than dating back to 2015-16, I mean, low end of the top 20 in the recruiting rankings. And again, how much of that is defensive playmakers? Generally speaking, it was more offensive skill guys and quarterbacks that kind of kind of moved Oklahoma up that recruiting charts ladder. But it's not not like oh you didn't get some highly touted defensive guys. They got a couple here and there, and OU in terms of what they have just talent wise across the pantheon of the Big Twelve. And college football as a whole, look, does OU right now have Alabama talent defensively or Georgia talent defensively or Ohio State talent defensively? No, but probably OU, I'd have to sit and really think and research just the the blue chip ratio for Oklahoma defensively. I mean, it's better than most teams in college football, and it's certainly the talent that Oklahoma has does not match the results that Oklahoma has been getting. So that culture shift, the production shift, it might be, this is a long-winded way of saying, I I agree to some degree with the texter, right? And yet, I'm hopeful that it, it can be done overnight for Oklahoma. And I think that's one of the most intriguing parts of this season, Connor. Can it be done overnight? And we're about to find out. From a texter, Wade in OKC. How about DBs that don't play 10 to 15 yards off receivers? That's the big change I'm looking for. Press the receivers, Josh. Yeah. I know that that that's is a, that's a another, popular that's fan a, complaint. Yes, that's another irritating one. If this defense plays to the worst Venables defense, it's still three times better than Oklahoma's been the last five years. Man, a lot of Kale Gundy comments on the text line this morning. What, well, I, th- I think, think it's the trolls have well, found us on game week. Well, did you see the video he uh, of put him on, on the Twitter, yacht? On the yacht, I think that was Grand Lake. I asked or someone about it. Yes, it was, I don't know was, if we can call that a yacht. Maybe, yeah, maybe not a yacht, but I believe it was at Grand Lake. On the on the boat, though, for certain. Before we hop to a break, a little a little Jeff Lebby, a little Jeff Lebby for you talking. Oklahoma tight ends and wait for it people hang on I'm getting organized over here Jeff Levy again was asked hey what what does this tight end group look like we know that uh, the sorry about that Connor a little difficulties <laughs> I know yeah I, I, I don't have anything plugged in over here and Trying to make sure this cut is is queued up. Okay, so we know what the tight end depth chart looks like. It's no surprises. 
Braden Willis up top of the depth chart. Daniel Parker Jr. is your backup tight end like we expected. I thought it was kind of interesting that Caden Helms and Jason Llewellyn were not listed as oars. Caden Helms was the – he's number three on the depth chart for Oklahoma. So I thought that was interesting. And anyways, Jeff Levy was asked, hey, what, what can you tell us about tight ends as the season gets underway? Yeah, you know, the, the very first day of fall camp, stress to those guys, man, and the entire unit, uh, take pride in practicing every single day. And those guys took pride in practicing every single day. And th- we asked those guys to su- do so much um, in- inside the offense, and, and they've taken to that. And I-, I could not be more excited about those two guys and, and what they're going to do on Saturday, whether it's catching the ball or playing in the core, whatever it is. These guys have owned it, man. And uh, – just just thankful for both those guys and, and uh, excited about what they're going to do for us. Obviously, Braden Willis was named a captain as well, which should come as no real shock, right? That's sort of an obvious candidate. Yeah, I feel like he's been kind of the leader in that weight room and on the field. But, man, I'm ready for those two tight ends, but you may see Helms and Llewellyn at times. But with Willis and Parker, Josh, those are two big physical tight ends, and you're going to need them for the running game that Jeff Levy does. This is great news for us as well, Braden Willis being a captain. It's further proof that if you host a podcast as an Oklahoma football player, obviously you're going to be an Oklahoma captain, right? So the more you share with us, the people, the Oklahoma Sooner public, the better football player you're going to be. So no need to be all guarded over there at the University of Oklahoma. You can feel free and comfortable to share whatever's going on inside, uh, well, to some degree, right? I mean, don't, don't share all of the trade secrets, but a few of them, hey, it's been proven. Braden Willis has, has shown us you could be successful at Oklahoma and still share a little bit of what's going on over there. Couple of texts we can hit after we hit a TO. I'm seeing uh, some thoughts from the Brent Venables press conference going on out there. Parker Thune shared a quote from Brent Venables about Jaden Davis, which uh, we will pass along with you after we get back. It's the final hour of the Plank Show. Brent Venables, his first ever, his first ever weekly press conference at the University of Oklahoma as the head football coach as Brent Venables previews Oklahoma playing host to UTEP coming up this Saturday afternoon. Hour number three brought to us by Roof Tech, Josh Elmer, Connor Pasby. Quick timeout and we're back with you right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Ah, we're back, baby. Plank Show, Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. It's the Home of Sooner Fans. Hour three of the Plank Show brought to us by Roof Tech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 30 years. Give Josh Tucker and the crew at Roof Tech a call for all of your roofing needs, 405-703-4245. Brent Venables Press Conference is going on as we speak. We will share the audio with you as soon as we can, as soon as Brent Venables over there finishes up, which should be happening here uh, pretty quickly. Brent Venables uh, started off said, uh, I'm reading here from Eric Bailey, just kind of his play-by-play. Finally here, it's game week. Like I said yesterday, this never gets old. I mean, it's got to be, this week's got to be so awesome for Brent Venables, right? He finally made it to game week, and we can get to the point where 
hey, the talk is over. Let's go play Saturday. Well, and for Brent Venables, he's back at Oklahoma where, yeah, he cut his teeth at Kansas State, but a lot of who Brent Venables ultimately is and would ultimately become, a big big part of that story started right here at OU. Of course, we know uh, the Clemson tenure where – he and Dabo Sweeney combined to win a couple of national championships. There was so much talk. Is Brent Venables ever going to be a head football coach? And a lot of times that answer was no. No, he's not. He doesn't care. Doesn't want to be a head coach. He's happy at Clemson. Well, and he's, tur- he's turned down a few head coaching jobs too. Uh, uh, I think several. Auburn. Auburn's a big one. Which is, yeah, a solid, solid job. I know that it sort of gets – diminished a little bit because it's in the quote-unquote shadow of Alabama. But Auburn is a really good job for the right person. Brent Venables could win big at Auburn if given the opportunity. He turns it down. And yet now here he is back at the back at the place. If not Kansas State, then right after that Oklahoma, where a lot of who Brent Venables is, initially was defined and he's back here he's the head football coach at a place that he absolutely loves and it's game week and it's his first game week as a head football coach so for him to sit up there in front of the media today I mean it has to be it's got to be one of those hallmark kind of moments for Brent Venables he's here's a lot of what he said too wants to see uh, this team compete to the standards of Oklahoma football kind of what you've heard uncommon effort toughness discipline physicality Talking about the defensive ends, says uh, he really likes Ethan Downs and Reggie Grimes' mindset. Uh, likes that they have uh, good length to those guys on the outside there. Ethan, according to Coach Venables, has been the most physical of that group. This is kind of interesting. Brent Venables talking about Dylan Gabriel and his his size. Somewhere along the line, collegiately, maybe guys that weren't that tall in stature in the pocket began having incredible success from uh, Venables yeah I mean that prototypical size thing for quarterbacks you still love having a six foot five quarterback if you could if everybody could have Trevor Lawrence everybody would have Trevor Lawrence right but if you have a guy 5'10 5'11 and he can escape the pocket and make plays there's nothing then again if you give me Trevor Lawrence or Kyler Murray who are you taking I'm taking Kyler I don't care that Trevor Lawrence is (laughs) right 6'6 So, I mean, the and Kyler Murray's probably not maybe the greatest example just because, again, he's got a type of speed and athleticism to him that a lot of quarterbacks don't have, right? He a little different in that regard. But Baker Mayfield, uh, Drew Brees, I mean, there's been a lot of guys over the years now that are not your six foot three and above type of quarterbacks, and Dylan Gabriel would be in that category for Oklahoma. I saw Parker Thune. Uh, shared this about Jaden Davis. I thought this was – let me just make sure I read Parker's tweet verbatim here. Via Parker Thune, who you will hear from shortly. Brent Venables expresses confusion as to why Jaden Davis's starting role on the Sooners' opening depth chart would surprise anybody. Quote, why are they surprised? Who did they expect? End quote. Did you expect DJ Graham? I mean, I I probably would have two months ago, yeah. Over the course of this camp, it certainly seemed that it was trending in Jaden Davis's direction, which, look, if he's the better option of the two, then play the better option of the two. If Jay Valai and Brent Vittables see 
see more potential there, see greater upside there, then so be it, right? Let's roll with the best candidate. And I don't think this is – I said this on Locked On Sooners last night. This is not the end of the story to me for DJ Graham. He's going to have an opportunity to win this job back, I think. Yeah, to win and, one of those two jobs back. And, yeah, we get this depth chart, but you're going to see so many different guys play in the UTEP game. I mean, I was expecting DJ – Two, just simply because I didn't hear much about Jaden Davis throughout camp. But, hey, if he's your best option, he's going to play. He's going to start. And hopefully we get that same Jaden Davis that we saw earlier in his career. So I'm happy for Jaden Davis. I'm happy he's getting this start. A lot of quotes this morning here from Brent Venables talking about, obviously, it being his first his first game as a head football coach, which you'd expect. And Brent Venables said Matt Wells being on staff – it can help him as a first-time head coach. Quote, you surround yourself with experience and wisdom and always stay willing to learn, end quote. That's, uh, again, thank you to Eric Bailey for sharing a little bit of that. Let's see. Well, let's take a final timeout. We'll come back and we'll just close it with some Jeff Lebby and some Danny Stutzman out there. John Hoover, appreciate him. He shared uh, from All Sooners his uh, interview session with Danny Stutzman yesterday, so we can pass a little bit of that along to you before we get out of here. We're just about done, though. About to clear the stage for Steelman and Thune at noon. One final T.O., and we're back. Josh and Connor to wrap up the Plank Show next on the Home of Sooner Fans. Ah, you're taking me back. 2005 Mr. Moore's Weights class, Andover High School. Boulevard of Broken Dreams. What did you guys think of last night's South Park episode? Ah, it was tremendous. It was outstanding. I'm sure Plank was on it. Oh, he oh he loved uh, he loved South Park absolutely. Still does. Welcome back one final time right here. It's the Plank Show. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. Do want to uh, say thank you to Newcastle Casino bringing us the top stories of the day as always, and really stories five, four, three, two. Big story number one is it's uh, Oklahoma football press conference. Brent Vittable's press conference specifically. The the cheetah position, I guess, was, uh, well, it led to some, some jokes cracking today from one Brent Vittable's. Let me see. Uh, oh, here's what Vittable said. And I'm sure this will translate much better to radio when you can actually hear the cut from Brent Venables, but uh, Venables said, anybody have any more of those cheetah questions to get off their chest? It seems to be a popular one. <laughs> we got them. Take that, media. Take that. You and your dorky cheetah questions. Uh, one more that was, uh, speaking of the cheetah, Justin Harrington, he was, uh, he was, Brent Vittables was asked about Harrington. Harrington uh, working to get this spot back on the roster. And basically, Brent Vittables, like he said on many other occasions, that Harrington did every last thing that was asked of him. And actually, that Harrington's family's thanked him, has thanked them for uh, kind of making Justin Harrington work to get this roster spot back and that Harrington hasn't complained at all, not being atop the uh, – Death chart at the cheetah position. I think we have Plank dialed back in with us to recap a little Brent Venable's press conference action. I do not have Plank 
He's no. not on IP1? Plank, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. You got me? Yeah, we got there you. What's is. up, man? How'd it go? Good. I was just recapping. I was debriefing with Eric Bailey. Um, EB yeah, was like my play-by-play representative today. Thank you, EB. Oh, was he? <laughs> yeah, he was great. Uh, great job on Twitter at Eric Bailey. T- Uh-oh. Ryan Aber brought candy bars. Oh, Cliff Brunt brought candy bars. Take all my money, Cliff. Take it all. Um, we just wrapped up, yeah, as you mentioned, the, the BV Press. Are, are we, do we have to break again, Josh? Are we good? No, you're, we're, we're okay. good. We're going to the finish line, baby. Oh, beautiful. So um, I think you hit it on the head. Um, I'm trying to be respectful of people that are um, still, still, still transcribing. I, I will say uh, Coach Venables had some fun with the cheetah questions. Though, uh, in fairness, I don't know if anyone asked a cheetah question today. Yeah, that was just like. Yeah, I know. I got to pay you guys back for all the cheetah questions last two weeks. I think think the question was brought up about, I I think James had asked about linebacker depth, and it kind of led to that. So, um, uh, yeah, it it was very, to me, it was a press conference that was about it's time, right? We're, we're, we're here. It's game day. Uh, let's go. And I will say what he said at the end, Josh, and I know that Steelman and Thune are going to be all over it coming up here in, in mere moments, but what, what he said at the end was, was interesting when he talked about um, our guys know what certain things are going to look like, right? When you um, – if you happen to decide that you're going to you know, spike a football, you know what that's going to look like. <laughs> if, if, and so – that understanding of if if a mistake is made, if you do something wrong, I found that to be pretty fascinating. There were two other things, something I've talked about um, a lot on this show, is there's a lot that Brent Venables wants to and will learn about being a head coach, right? He's, I think he's made no bones about it. He has um, never been a head coach before. He's been around some of the best, and I've told you guys, hey, don't – don't lose sight of one of the assistant coaches on this staff, the fact that it's um, Matt Wells, who has been the head coach at Texas Tech and Utah State, and that's a big deal. You know, I, I know there is a, a handful of Texas Tech people that think that Matt Wells couldn't coach their kids' a Little League team, but that's just completely false. I mean, right, well, they also forget that they're Texas Tech. <laughs> right, and that they fired a coach with a winning record, and it didn't get much better after you let him go last year. So – I don't. I just. That's that's a key hire in this process. That's a that's been a big cog for BV and you know Coach Wells. Not just because you know he's one of my my friends, one of my guys, but he's he's really been integral and in, you know kind of helping Coach Venables know. Hey, here's what you can expect here. Oh, by the way, if if, if when you get to Big Twelve Media Days, keep an eye on things like this. Not anything bad. Not be like beware of the evil media, but just so he can understand the process and. You know, again, you, you go back, he just he said one thing. You were mentioning it whenever I came on about Justin Harrington um, and the um, the idea that his family called to thank him. Right. right. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's that's unique for sure. And and this is this is a dude that, you know, Coach Venable spoke openly and honestly about it. And he made him work to get a second chance or, or maybe third chance in some instances. So uh, it's still a major story uh, with Justin Harrington. I, he's going to be my player to watch on Saturday because I'm just so excited uh, about him getting this opportunity. But yeah, it was a, a good information field presser. I can't wait for you guys to hear it with Steely and Thune coming up here next, Josh. It was, it was good stuff for Brent Venables. Makes me excited uh, about Saturday and then going forward. 
just your general impressions. Pretty laid yeah. back. I mean, back, I yeah. mean, obviously it's a game week, and sure. you know, there's only so much. Hey, I'm laid back this week. But <laughs> did you get the impression though that Brent Venables? It's his first game week as a head right. coach, and I know that obviously because of that, that's going to be one of the big storylines, and it sure. was today at this press conference. You get the impression, though, that he's he's good with all that? He's comfortable with it? I think he is, um, and I think he realized, listen, I, I think he even said it, and I know we got to go. We'll lead with this tomorrow at 9 a.m., but I think he's even, there's moments where he's like, you know, I want to be on the whiteboard, but I know I can't. <laughs> I know there's right. other responsibilities. So I think he's ready. I, I, I'm really excited to see what Saturday looks like. Hey, that's it for us. We, uh, we'll, break, we'll break down the full press conference tomorrow. Steel Man and Thune at noon. It's next. Keep it dialed in. It's the home of Sooner fans.